Hello and welcome. My name is Megan Lucky and this is A Lucky Life. Come along with me as I try and get to know myself better and hopefully help you get to know yourself better too. Hey guys, happy Thursday. Eh. <laughs> I hate that so much. Um, You know what? I need a drink. I actually think I'm going to get a beer to start this. Okay, yes, it's a cider. Sue me. No, I'm not going to chug it this time. This is a perfect way for me to talk about what I want to, what I want to talk about this episode, which is moderation and how everything is good for you in moderation, but too much of one thing is trouble. So with that being said, before I get more into it, let's do a tarot card. Okay. Spirit universe. Hold on. Tell me what I need to know. Show me the truth. Please be present. Ooh, the butterfly rising out of the ashes. This is a good one. Um, I'm not even going to lie to you. I did a reading for myself this week with my sister. And I also got this card as my present. So it makes sense. Six of wands. Victory, success, rising up. From the dark and tangled branches emerges a butterfly. New life takes flight. If you're not reveling in the joy of success already, you will be soon. The Six of Wands is a card of victory, of rising up against the odds. The obstacles have been relentless, but now is not the time to look back upon them. The more pressing question is, where will you go with your new set of wings? Great transformation, moving with integrity and authenticity, not forcing your way through life anymore third eye expansion I mean yes 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 I'm very excited about that I also feel that's the path I'm on right now I'm really trying not to force my way through life anymore trying to get off of the rat race and and out of the mindset of what is everyone else thinking about me instead of what am I thinking about me and how can I improve that and what feels good to me AKA living authentically. So that feels really good. I definitely ha have been trying to reframe the way that I'm looking at where I'm at right now versus my future. Kind of like what I talked about last week with goal setting. There's one of the questions says, where are you now in the present versus where you want to be? And it's hard because that one's like, well, I'm at zero. It's hard not to feel like overwhelmed about how much you have to do, but you really do have to move backwards. You have to go to the goal and move backwards and then think, okay, how do I navigate from this point to get to where I want to be? And how can I still appreciate where I am now and simultaneously be wanting to get to a different state? I definitely feel I struggle with the fact that I, again, I'm living at home. It's so funny because this is my childhood bedroom. It looks a lot different than when I grew up in it. But it's funny because like when my mom was like, I think we're going to turn your childhood bedroom into a guest room. Like you don't think you're ever going to live at home with us again, right? I was like, no, never. Like literally never. And now here we are. <laughs> um, but my therapist said, and she's right, it's not a coincidence and it's on purpose that I'm living at home right now. And so what am I learning? What can I learn from this experience? And cause I said to her, I was like, I, she's, I was like, when people ask me, 
you know, how are you doing? Like my initial response is kind of like, well, living at home kind of sucks, but I'm saving money and I'm going after some passion projects and goals that I've never really had the energy to work on before. And I'm taking the summer to really do that. But I I don't even say most of that part. I just say, yeah, like living at home kind of sucks, but I'm saving money, you know, and working on some stuff. I can't really get over that, like living at home sucks part in a lot of conversations that I'm having because I think part of me thinks, oh, they're focused on that. So I need to focus on that in the conversation and then another part of me that rings true so I, it's not like I can lie and be like it's amazing I love it so much like no I want to live on my own I want to have nothing against my family I just want to live on my own so that's a goal that I have and I should be honest about like if I'm not feeling like oh I'm so it's so great I love it so much then I shouldn't say that but I should be like working towards focusing on what I'm learning what I'm getting and the positive in general, so that it naturally comes up as a positive in conversation. I got my eyebrows microbladed this week. And if you don't know what that is, it's like a temporary kind of like a, it's a tattoo where they draw like really realistic hair in your eyebrow to give them a more defined shape. And if you don't know me, and if you don't know this about me, I used to have trichotillomania, which is like I rip my eyebrows out. I got that in high school, I would say, from anxiety amongst other reasons that I would have needed this coping mechanism. And it's a compulsive subconscious disorder that makes me rip out my eyebrows. And I really struggled with it growing up because I didn't understand why I was doing it. And I didn't want to be doing it, which made it worse. And then one day I had like hardly any eyebrows. And my mom was like, I, I was going to a neurologist for my ADD. She was like, you should ask your neurologist about the eyebrow thing. Because I was like trying to explain to her, like, I don't want to be doing this. I don't know why I'm doing this. So I was like, fine. Even though I didn't have the best relationship with my neurologist, I would see him every six months. I associated him with what was wrong with me and that my parents had taken me because they were desperate for me to be normal because I had ADD and I wasn't functioning the way that others thought I should have. So I kind of like resented him a little bit. And every time I would go, I remember being so like pissed that he would be like, write a sentence with a comma in it. And I was like, I'm not fucking stupid. I know how to use a comma. <laughs> like, And just kind of like didn't connect with him until I have a very distinct before and after memory of this. So I told my doctor about it. He was like, oh, this is what this is. This is trichotillomania. You know, this is a compulsion that you can't control. It's, it's anxiety based. And he brings my mom back in the room and is like, explains this to her and tells her when you tell Megan to stop doing it, it makes it worse. She doesn't want to be doing it. So it's already not something she's conscious of and able to stop. But then when you tell her to stop, it makes her anxiety worse. And then it creates an even bigger cycle of this. And I remember feeling so much relief that day being like, I'm not fucking crazy. I don't want to be doing this. I'm not, and it just felt like such a relief to hear this. It definitely improved after that day. I think just knowing that I wasn't crazy and that it was a coping mechanism was huge for me. I didn't know that was a thing. 
Then the second relief came when I discovered eyebrow pencils. Why the fuck didn't anyone tell me about them in high school when people were making fun of my eyebrows? Thanks. Good friends. Yeah, good friends. I'm just kidding. So then I discovered eyebrow pencils, but there was still an overwhelming anxiety that came with it because then if I would ever get like wet or sweat or even smudge or have my eyebrows fade, I was like panicked. The third relief came when I discovered microblading because even though it got better, I still had it and it was still a problem for me. So microblading came along. It was a huge, huge relief to me because even when I would pluck my eyebrows, I had a shape. I had something to work with. I didn't have to worry so much about going swimming and not having any eyebrows coming out of the water. That was really huge for me to discover and I've been doing it ever since. I've been keeping up with it even when my eyebrows are great and sometimes when they're not, like I keep up with it because I feel so much better having something there. So I highly recommend microblading. If you, even if you don't have trichotillomania and you just like to have a shape, they really frame your face. And my girl Anna does a great job. That's not it. That's not all. So I feel like I'm selling you something. I had an appointment with my therapist this week and I was like, oh yeah, I just got my, I like apologized. I like do this. I'm like, oh, sorry if my eyebrows are dark because I just got them microbladed. And she was like, well, they, no, they look great. But how we haven't talked about this in a while. Like, how are you feeling with that? Like, has it improved? And like, if so, why do you think that's the case? And I had to think about it for a moment. What I think the real difference was for me has been acceptance, like true self acceptance and grace. And when I think back to high school, I really didn't have that. I didn't even know where to start with that. I beat myself up for everything. Um, and I think that core wound of like not feeling like enough was at its peak in high school and it sustained throughout college. And it's just finally starting to get a little bit better because I'm doing the things that are more aligned with me and I'm giving all parts of myself love and attention. Even the habits that I don't want to keep anymore, I'm still understanding them, taking the time to understand them. And it actually has made like a physiological difference in my body, in my life. Whenever I was trying to figure out, okay, when are the times, what are the triggers for when I pick? What makes me pick? A lot of the times it was, okay, I, I'm anxious about something like my mom's telling me to do, or I'm anxious about something in my life. But then it would come when I was doing nothing at all, when I was just chilling, watching TV. And so then I was confused, like, what are the triggers? And then I realized that is also a trigger. It was when I felt not good enough. Like I wasn't doing something I was supposed to be doing when I was doing nothing. So therefore that triggered my not enough complex, that wound within me. And then I would deal with it with picking the eyebrows. So all of this, all of this is to say we all have our own coping mechanisms. We all have our own wounds within us that we choose to acknowledge or don't. Most of us do anyway. But what are you doing about it? What are we doing about it? How are we approaching 
our lives and trying to exchange these unhealthy coping mechanisms with healthy coping mechanisms. We need to access our subconscious, which is something I'll explain over time throughout the podcast and in other formats. If you're interested, I will start to talk about that in later episodes, but maybe your coping mechanism is alcohol. Maybe your coping mechanism is weed. Maybe your coping mechanism is binging TV shows. I'm not saying that these are all like unhealthy necessarily, but again, moderation, like everything is good for us in moderation, including food. I had, and this weekend, I I shit you not, life gives me the topics for this podcast every week. I was at another golf tournament this week and I literally met a nurse practitioner this week that says a little bit of everything is okay even healthy but too much of anything is trouble that's what everyone comes into the hospital with too much of one thing is not good for you but it's okay to have things in moderation okay I'm not ever gonna pretend to be something that I'm not okay like I like what I like And that's fine. I just need to learn how to limit myself so that I can have it happily out of self-love, not out of self-hate. This is, this is the theme. This is the message of the whole show, because when we have self-hate, then we go into these numbing rabbit holes where we do too much of one thing. We eat too much of the same unhealthy food. We drink too much. We smoke too much. We watch too much TV. Sometimes we even develop eating disorders, overexercise, you know, like that's not healthy either. Too much of one thing isn't good. So balance, alignment, love yourself. I was also, I started a new audiobook this week called Worry-Free Money and I already love it. She opened up by talking about this one experience with a couch. She wanted to find the perfect couch for her living room and had her heart set on this designer couch that was like $3,000. She wasn't in the financial spot to make that work. And so her husband and her went to Ikea instead and found like an identical couch. And she resisted really hard against the Ikea couch because she, in her mind, associated not being able to buy that couch as her being broke and her being broke meant she was a financial failure. A lot of us tend to overspend because of that inner wound and fear. Ask yourself, why do you tend to overspend? Why do you tend to overeat? Why do you t- like, what do you think it's solving for you? At the end of the day, you, you can have both. You can have some of the good things in life. Sometimes you need to cut out that good thing entirely just to learn how to work it back in slowly and at a limit. If you're really addicted, then you have, then maybe you would never want to have it again in your life. And that's fine too. But you don't have to have that mindset if you're able to have a healthy relationship with former coping mechanisms and you can have nice things at the same time. And you can, you can get the things you want and you can be financially responsible. You just have to make those decisions better and say no to things that you don't need. Draw that balance of moderation, not always overspending, not always doing things outside of, of healthy boundaries and limits. Too much of anything doesn't allow you to deal with what your body is telling you you need to deal with. So 
sometimes, and I'll talk about this maybe more next episode, but sometimes we need to learn how to be alone with our thoughts. And I know that's scary to a lot of people. Um, and I'm happy to help your journey if that's something you want to learn how to do because it's different to just be by yourself than it is to be alone. And again, I'll explain this more next episode, but being alone is out of intention and choice. If you decide, okay, how am I gonna be alone with my thoughts today? I'm going to take a walk. Then don't drown out your thoughts with music. Challenge yourself to take a walk and just see what your thoughts say, see how who you are. The challenging part is also not like it's when you're trying to change a coping mechanism or a habit that you want to change, not being hard on yourself, being like, oh my God, I binged again today or I did too much today. Guilt is different than shame. Guilt is good. Guilt says I'm a good person that this, I did a thing today that didn't make me feel good, but it doesn't define me. It doesn't, it's not who I am. Like I know that in the back of my mind. Whereas shame is like, I always do this. I'm never going to amount to anything. I'm a lazy piece of shit. Even if you don't acknowledge it within yourself, you, you know that's there. And that's shame. And that's never going to help you change. Guilt says, okay, you know what? I didn't get anything done that I wanted to today. I like reverted to old habits, whatever it is. That's a propeller. That's a motivating. That says, I don't like feeling this way. And I want to change that. I want to do something about it because I love myself. Shame says, I don't deserve this life because I'm a piece of shit. Even though I, I'm going to think that I want to try harder tomorrow because I suck and I, and I need to get my shit together. Then you'll try harder tomorrow and it'll fizzle out again because you don't believe you deserve it. Whereas guilt, again, is a positive. It will get you back on track. Okay? Learn the difference in your head. Treat yourself with love and kindness on your journey to your highest dreams and talk to yourself like you would talk to a friend. If your friend fucked up, would you be saying the same things to them that you say to yourself? No. You would maybe give them some hard, honest truth out of love. Definitely not out of hate unless they fucked your boyfriend. <laughs> I don't know why I just said that. Must be the Raquel thing. No, a dear friend, if they fucked up in their own lives, what would you say to them? How would you make them feel better, but also showing them the truth and helping, helping them get to where they need to get to in life? You wouldn't say the same harsh things that you say to yourself to your friend. So try that for a change. Try to talk to yourself like you're your friend and figure out what habits you want to put in place of those old bad coping mechanism habits try and replace them with good coping mechanisms. What makes you feel good? Make like, you know how I showed you that photo album of things that help regulate my nervous system instead of dysregulate them. That's what I need to start replacing my coping mechanisms with. Little by little, we'll get there. Um, Thank you guys for listening. I can't wait to share the new exciting stuff I've been working on with you guys. I'm not quite ready to do that, but it's really exciting and I can't wait to share it with you. Um, yeah, I hope you're doing great and I love you. Bye.
Hello and welcome. My name is Megan Lucky and this is A Lucky Life. Come along with me as I try and get to know myself better and hopefully help you get to know yourself better too.